Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Country Wine and Spirits is San Diego's premier wine and spirits purveyor. They offer unmatched beverage service with competitive pricing and a tradition of upscale service. They provide fine wines, a variety of liquors, spirits, craft and imported beers, imported cigars, and exotic tobacco accessories. Country Wine and Spirits is now available online, and if you use cwspirits.com slash heybartender, you get 5% off your entire order. That's right, 5% off your entire order. Go to cwspirits.com slash heybartender and find your favorite spirit or wine today and get 5% off just by using cwspirits.com slash heybartender. This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the dude. Hey, my name's Leah. I am a bartender over at Bartender Meals, and you are listening to Hey Bartender Podcast. Hey, bartender, pass me a drink. Editions of Funko Pops and Batman. That's impressive. What a collection. He was looking at your far wall, too. You ready to get started? Uh, you comfortable? You ready to go? Yeah, absolutely. Leah, welcome to Hey Bartender Podcast. It's great to have you on here. Uh, thank you so much for uh, responding. Uh, I, uh, to tell, uh, to let the cat out of the bag to my listeners, I put out a uh, request for people to volunteer to be on the show. You reached out. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate you having me on here. So why don't you tell uh, everybody a little bit about yourself before we get really, really get going? Uh, well, my name is Leah. I am a bartender in Cleveland, Ohio. I've been bartending in the industry for just bartending alone. I've been doing it for about eight years, nine years, but I've been in the industry pretty much my entire life. Uh, my mom was a bartender, so I grew up in those bars so i've spent a lot of my time just being around this industry and, and i just never got sick of it <laughs> <laughs> well uh the messages you sent me you said that your uh, mother worked in the mom and pop owned brick and mortar uh type of bars uh do you do the oh same? yeah i do yeah i like them i think they're way more homey than working for a franchise or a corporation and they're just like it's just more comfortable and just I just love I love those jobs. They're uh, my favorite ones. Yeah, I can't I can't agree with you more. I uh, I couldn't do corporate. Uh, it was you know, no, it wasn't I tried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, well, uh, thank you for coming on to Hey Bartender Podcast. And I already uh, told you ahead of time to get this show started. We got to uh, start off with the drink special. Uh, now, do you have a drink special for us today? Oh yes, absolutely. So one of my favorite drinks that I love to make is I will actually take a tequila of choice. I like to use Suavecito, the Blanco, and I'll infuse it with fresh cut pineapples for about three days. And after those have set, I will strain it and use a raspberry or blackberry simple syrup 
and make a blackberry jalapeno margarita with it. So a little bit of your sour mix that you make, your triple sec, and then I actually top mine with just a splash of soda. It helps give it a nice crisp flavor to it. So what's the flavor like overall? Uh, it's got a nice kick to it, but the sweetness of the raspberry simple syrup helps bring the sweetness down and not so much sour or spice. Evens it out across the entire playing field, so you're not burning your mouth off, but you're also not puckering your lips at the same time. Oh, okay. Uh, it, it, is it a sneaker drink? or? It depends. I mean, it's a pretty standard margarita, so those things go down pretty easy. So after a couple of them, they will start to catch up to you. <laughs> well, that's great. Like uh, I encourage all my listeners, if they decide to try to make that drink, tell us what you thought of it. Either contact me at dude at Hey Bartender Podcast or contact Leah. We'll give uh, her information at the end of the show. So let's get started. So usually when I start these things, I like to start at the beginning, but I'm not talking like birth or anything like that. But uh, <laughs> um, your introduction to the service industry, you said uh, was because your mother was uh, was a bartender. Did you uh, hang out at the bar after school with her while she closed or how did that all happen? Oh, yeah. Um, even even before I went into actual, like, elementary school or anything, my mom would take me to work with her. And I would just kind of hang out with the regulars. I would draw on napkins. I would sneak into the sock room and get in trouble for drinking all of the little cans of V8, which I think is kind of a uh, karma problem for me because I'm allergic to horseradish, so I can't have Bloody Mary mix. I have to make my own. Oh, I yeah. think I got a little, little bit of karma for all drinking all those V8s as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I grew up in it ever since as, as early as I can remember. When you decided that you wanted to start working in the service industry, industry was she uh, uh, supportive or was she kind of try to nudge you to go to college, anything like that? She was understanding of why I was going into industry, being an industry person to this day herself. She still bartends now. Um, she definitely wants me to finish up my school, which I do have just one semester left. And it was my father figure that was really upset that I was going into industry because he thought I was going to get stuck in it, um, which I think is a terrible thing to say. I don't think that um, being stuck in the industry, to quote, is uh, a term that should be used because I think it's just, it's just not it makes it sound bad. It makes it sound like this is a job that like you can't do anything with where I honestly think that if you do it the right way, you absolutely can. Well, uh, yeah, I've been a big supporter of the idea that you learn a whole bunch of uh, skills in the bartending industry that uh, you can use in real life. I mean, customer service is the big one. Uh, reading a recipe that's following procedures. So, you know, doing anything mechanical or engineer uh, type of stuff. Yeah. You can follow directions. Uh, yeah. But I, I have seen people who feel like that they can't leave the service industry because, uh, it's all they know, or, you know, I think it's more paranoia, you know, it's just like what, you know, sometimes people are like, I, I can't do anything else. Are you kidding? You can, you can go into sales like that, but, um, yeah, absolutely. And the connections that you make as a bartender, can take it can change your life drastically like i have met people from every walk of life that have sat down at my bar and had a drink and i have met mechanics i've met businessmen i've met people that you know made it on the internet as content creators and it's just you meet anyone and everyone at those bar seats and so you never know what's going to walk through those doors right and you've actually started making yourself well known as a content creator 
on on TikTok? I have started. Uh, I started a little bit. I'm trying to work my way up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> doing uh, making content's hard work. It's almost a full time job in in my opinion. I but... say that all the time, <laughs> and I tell people all the time. Making a bartending content page, people are like, oh my gosh, that must be so easy. You just get to like make a drink and like, you know, I was like, you guys don't see the behind the scenes of it. It's like, I do, I put in at least a part-time job, some some weeks a full-time job of hours behind the scenes to make those videos happen. Yeah. I've tried to set aside time to make videos here and there on, on my TikTok and it's just time consuming. And, you know, to the point where I start making shortcuts, I have... Uh, like templates where I can just add in what I want to put in there, but usually it's just me doing an intro, same intro every time. Right. But I, th- right. I think that may hurt me a little, uh, a little bit after a while. But um, anyway, so when you decided to go into the service industry, you said you were about fifteen. Yeah, my first job, I was working. Um, I was actually working in a pizza place, and I started in the back of house. Um, so I went everywhere from prep person to dishwasher to person to making the food any sort of job title you want to think about in the industry i have done it i've done the third shift prep person like everything Mm. delivery drivers you know you name it it's happened (laughs) (laughs) so when you started was that just a summer job type of thing that you decided to do i did it because my parents said i couldn't get a car until i could afford the insurance for myself so uh, I was working for to start to paying my own bills right off the bat. Yeah, <laughs> that, uh, that was a, that's a very popular thing for parents to say. Uh, I got that too, but uh, I uh, they you know, they encourage school more than work, so it was pretty much uh, I can't get a job. I have to concentrate on school. Uh, and so, yeah. well, how am I going to get a car? Well, I guess you're not. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, the joke was on me because I didn't start driving until I was almost 18. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I didn't start driving until, I, yeah, I think I was about 18 also. Um, my But I got my first speeding ticket uh, when I uh, shortly after that. But the judge thought, oh, I, I think the judge actually thought that I'd been driving since I was 16. And so he gave me a lot of, uh, well, for, first offense, I think he gave me a lot of leeway. Uh, yeah. so, uh, so I was just like, thanks judge. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I, uh, I've only ever had a speeding ticket. I have been very lucky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, me too. I, well, I got speeding ticket, couple warnings. I got another speeding ticket, but uh, we wouldn't need to get into that, but, but, <laughs> but, um, so, uh, you've done everything, uh, from working in the back all the way up to, uh, where you're at today, pretty much you could probably run your own restaurant, but, uh, back in the beginning, uh, uh, when you started dealing with customers, is that, uh, where did you, where was your first, uh, hard knocks lesson? Uh, the, that stuck with you. Um, my first hard knocks lesson that stuck with me. Um, it, it really, Hmm. First hard knocks lesson that really stuck with me probably that I was hot-headed and I needed to control it um I I had a customer when I was very young first started serving and dealing with the actual customers that followed me into the kitchen one time um I there was something missing off of their plate I told them I'd be back to get it they just were not having it and they 
I didn't realize that they had followed me back into the kitchen. And when I turned around, they had scared me and the adrenaline just started pumping. And I was just so shocked and frightened that this person had followed me. I just started screaming at them to get out of the kitchen. Mm. And I got in trouble with my boss because this person terrified me. <laughs> and that's where I probably learned my first of uh, the mentality of the, the quote, customer is always right. And that, if you can guess, I'm sure you will, that was a corporate job. So. Yeah. <laughs> Corporate jobs, uh, it turns my stomach all the time where they take the customers right too far because technically he's tr- the customer that was following you is technically trespassing. And yeah, and I've I encouraged, a, I was a, and you know, it's like especially because I was a minor as a you know, I was just like serving food to tables as a minor. And this guy who was in his 40s had followed a, a teenager into the back of a restaurant, not knowing if anyone was even back there at all mm. to continue to to berate me, mm. you know? So of course I'm terrified, you yeah. know, but I'm the one that's in trouble for, you know, screaming for him to leave. I'm one of those people that went to a bartending school and bartending schools aren't incredibly important, but they had uh, job placement assistance. And my teacher was a veteran bartender for years, bartending in Vegas, bartended all over the place. And she, she used to tell us, uh, that if somebody crosses that line where they come behind your bar or they walk in your kitchen, technically they're trespassing and you do have the right to kill them. Her, her words verbatim (laughs) (laughs) and not that it's ever come up, but you know, she's, it was, I thought it was hilarious that she was started telling me the muddler great weapon. (laughs) Uh, I was just like, are you, are you serious? (laughs) But, uh, yeah, she, yeah, I mean, especially like my car now, it just depends. Like we're pretty easy normally. Um, but you know, there's, it's, it's a die bar. So you, sometimes you never know what's going to walk through that door. True. True. Uh, it could be, uh, it's always interesting though. <laughs> it, it is. So, uh, you spent time as a server. I did. Yeah. I served for probably two years before I started bartending. And was uh, that with the corporate or did you find your way to another place? I did a little bit of both, but it wasn't two years consistently. I stopped and took a management position in between, um, decided, learned the hard lesson of middle management and how there's no money in it and immediately went back to uh, being a server. Um, Some of it was corporate and some of it was a small mom and pop shop, um, which is where I learned the beginnings of bartending. Now, you you probably, when you took the management job, you probably learned that lesson of it's tough to transition to from having money in your pocket every night to not, uh, not having in your money in your pocket every night. Yeah. that That's a messed up feeling sometimes, isn't it? There was, yeah, it is. And it was, uh, I was lucky enough that I was smart enough to put money away that it wasn't so much a problem for me that if I needed it, it was there. But it was odd to be like, I don't get paid for two weeks. And that was just one of the many problems I had with the management there. Um, they had also promised me uh, benefits that I never received and a salary with a cap of hours, which we know how capping hours for management positions goes. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, if you are in the building, you are on the clock and you have to work. So right. now with uh, with your corporate job, though, uh, how long ago was this? 11, 12 years ago. So, uh, with your corporate job, I've been talking to a, a few people that uh, work in corporate restaurants. Did you 
have major tip outs to the rest of your crew when you uh, when you finished off your shift? That one, yeah, we that was definitely the highest we tipped out our bar back for. Mm. And we tipped out our host, we tipped out our bar back, we tipped out our, our bartenders. And I actually did a little bit of other corporate, but that I didn't stay long for, so I didn't really count them much. But it was crazy because at one of them, we would tip the bartenders eight percent on on liquor sales, liquor and beer. And then we would tip the bar backs out three percent on everything. So we were double tipping on liquor and beer. Right. Which was like I thought was not crazy, but I was just like I I feel like the liquor and beer tip out should have been combined and split. Mm. Um and I say that even now as a bartender, the way that they went about it was they were basically double charging us for mm. tip out. Yeah. Now you never got to that point. I, I've talked to a couple of people that said they got actually to a point where they uh, were got uh, their tips were in the negative for that night because they had to tip out so much. Uh, did you ever reach that point? I never had that happen. No, that never happened to me. Um, I have had friends that that has happened to, but also working in a big city because I'm in Cleveland. Um, when we have events like, you know, when uh, the Cavs won, these bartenders and servers that work downtown had to go open the bars and they were charging, even for the employees, $100, $200 to park and then go to work and then they weren't oh, making it. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned Cleveland. I got to get the Drew Carey reference out of the way. Uh, okay. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because um, uh, two things pop into my head whenever I hear, well, three. Uh, three things pop into my head when I hear Cleveland. I think of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame first and foremost. I think of the Drew yep. Carey Show and the movie Major League. So. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's always that or the Christmas Story House, um, the right. NFL Hall of Fame. <laughs> so, I've always, I've always yeah. thought about visiting the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame out in Cleveland, uh, just because I'm a pop culture junkie and I love rock and roll. But uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, the like inaugurations are really crazy down here. Um, I have many friends that work in very high fine dining. My friend for this year has got to serve LL Cool J. Yeah. So that yeah. was awesome. <laughs> so it's it's always crazy in Cleveland during the inauguration. <laughs> I mean, uh, I would probably embarrass myself going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because I'd probably walk, uh, you know, my my heroes. I'd walk up to their displays on my knees, like to the Beatles or Billy Joel, you know, <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, so uh, I got it that. It is a really cool place and worth seeing. It is a really cool place and worth seeing though. Yeah. I, I look forward to going to see it someday at least. So, <laughs> but anyway, back to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you're fine. Let me know when you're in Cleveland. I'll give you the tour. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, so uh, you spent time as a server. You, you learn. Uh, you start learning customer service. Uh, get get to know your customers. Now, when you became a bartender, did your customers that uh, follow you over uh, over into the bar? Um, no. <laughs> so I started quote learning bartending because the person who bartended there really was always in the weeds, and I was just kind of helping out and learning along the way, and then. I moved an hour and a half away and I applied for a bartending job and told them that I had two years experience. 
<laughs> You're not the first person I've had on the show that's that <laughs> kind of lied their way into a position. And yeah. I, I think that is so killer. <laughs> it's, I mean, it was a dive bar. So, like, I can make a Jack and Coke and I can open a Budweiser. And anything else, I can just go in the back and Google. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love these stories. People are telling me that, uh, they're like, oh, yeah, sure, I've got two years' experience. Or, or, or uh, I had an interview today. Oh, I seem to have lost your paperwork. We'll have a, sit, uh, have a seat. <laughs> yeah. I love these stories. And the stories. best part about it was I was at that bar for three years, and like four months in, they made me the bar manager. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. So what entails, uh, I never made it to the bar manager position. What entails for that job? Basically the same thing as taking a management job. Um, you get, everything's your fault. Um, <laughs> I didn't make management money. I made $5 an hour, and but I also got to keep my tips. I was bartending. I was basically the shift supervising, but also bar manager. So I stayed there for three years. It was Basically, I came in, opened or closed the bar, uh, did like liquor orders and just ran the floor. I was in charge of the cuts. I was in charge of, you know, doing the drawers and I was basically doing the general manager's job when he wasn't there. Yeah. So that seems to (laughs) be. But I got paid $5 an hour for it. So. (laughs) Well, that seems to be a lot of bartenders' jobs, even even me uh, and uh, the bars that I worked at, the mom and pop bars, not the corporates. The uh, as soon as I yeah. showed up, the manager would leave and basically leave me in charge. And uh, mm-hmm. but I didn't have to deal with the money. I only had to deal with my own till. They dealt with the liquor orders. Maybe once in a while, I'd leave them a note saying, "Hey, we're out of amaretto," uh, or something like that. Right. But uh, I had to deal with problems. I had to uh, solve uh, solve why the registers were bad. Talk to the customers that were a little ornery. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that was that was always loads of fun. <laughs> yeah, but I'm pretty lucky with my job now. We actually don't have managers at all. Oh, good. Um, well, well, not good, but it, it's actually it's great um, because we run with a very small crew. We're just a dive bar music venue, and um, we we don't have servers. It's just bartenders, and it's usually just one bartender at a time. And then on the weekends, it's two. We're all in charge of our own money, and we all have split up responsibility. Like, one person does the beer order, one person does the dry stock order, and just one person deals with the liquor reps. Like, it's just, you know, it's very split and even, and we've been very lucky in the three years I've been there that it works out even when people leave and new people come in that we just are able to split it up so well, and it just, it works. It's very smooth. Does it, is everybody get to blame if uh, the lemons and limes aren't cut the next morning? Oh, we have a burn book. <laughs> a burn book. What's that mean? Oh yeah, that's a it's a Mean Girl reference. But I never um, saw the movie, so <laughs> it's a Mean Girl reference. A burn book in where uh, you find passive aggressive notes from the bartenders and or the owners. So, <laughs> <laughs> but they're taken very seriously. <laughs> So yeah, if something's not done. There's like some sort of like snotty comment in there. <laughs> <laughs> See, I never, I used to get a snotty comment written on a piece of paper from my manager, uh, but I never took him seriously because uh, I, because I preferred that, you know, just say it to my face, you know, okay. I, I left a glass yeah. behind the poker machine. 
I'll try to watch right. out for now. <laughs> like, hey, you guys didn't check the bathroom. The water was running in the men's room. Yeah. It's, you know, just like, hey, pay more attention. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, the one time we're, uh, well, you're using your example, if the boss would come up to me and say, hey, the bathroom was, uh, bathroom faucet was on all night. And I, then I had to look at him because it's five o'clock the next day. And I'd look at him and say, yeah. well, did you turn it off? And then, <laughs> uh, then they'd get mad at me. You know, it's just check the bathrooms before you leave. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> but, but, oh, yeah. Uh, I got in trouble a little bit for being a smart ass every once in a while. So. <laughs> I I think I almost almost lost my job for my attitude of being you know snippy back at oh. one point. <laughs> do you have a Do you have an example? Yeah, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> oh, I uh, I just get kind of like I've I've been nicknamed the bully bartender at my bar. Oh, really? And it's mostly because we're ninety five percent regulars at my bar. Everyone that comes in there is in there pretty much every day. I don't ask them what they're drinking. I just open it and put it in front of them, and I start them a tab with their name. Almost never have to take cards for people. Mm. And you get a little comfortable because you become friends with them. You get off shift, you start drinking with them, and you know you get very close start hanging out with everyone in groups going out bar hopping and then you're still that comfortable with them behind the bar so sometimes you get a little mean because you're picking on them and the owner just you know he's just like you're being too mean to customers like you're being too mean i was just like i'm just picking on them like i'm you know I'm teasing them and they he almost fired me over it because he <laughs> thought i was just being a total excuse my language but a total bitch <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, I've had that. I've had that conversation with my manager a little bit nicer because uh, he was cool as hell. Where he, I said something smartass to a customer, and he took me aside and said, "Anthony, you have to be nice to the customers." <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, sorry. They're laughing. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, some some of my comebacks, I talk about uh, one in particular too much on this podcast where. A uh, customer decided to get honorary with me and uh, asked me if I wanted to step outside. And I told him, no, I don't need a blowjob right now. And oh yeah, <laughs> he left me alone after that. <laughs> yeah, we've had, we've had some characters. Come. I actually, I just had a full bar brawl two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And I somehow got blamed for it. So. How did you get blamed for it? Um, I, I feel like, well, you know, the whole, the customer's always right sort of thing. It was, uh, it was a message that was sent afterward. We had a guy in there that is a friend of mine and he just was not enjoying this other guy's company that was kind of being rude to him. And it started to turn into like, Oh, you want to go outside? Do you want to go outside? And I was like, god damn it i was like stop messing with my money stop messing with my money because this happened like two years ago and you know these people they they get mad and they leave or they they close out and they don't tip because you know they're angry and now he's yelling at them and they sent a message to the owner that was like oh this has obviously been a problem before and your bartenders are bringing in the wrong crowd if this is something that happens all the time this happened two years ago mm. You know, and uh, I basically was told, like, I have to watch what I'm saying. Well, there's there's 10 people fist fighting each other right now. So I'm not really concerned about what's coming screaming out of my mouth. Mm. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> but it was it was definitely one of those like customer is always right sort of thing. I was like, that's, that's not the case. I don't know what you want me to do. I'm not physically able to pull 10 men apart. Mm. So, 
Yeah, um, I, luck, I was lucky with one of my managers because uh, the manager uh, the manager I had before that, uh, he was all, always all about the customer's always right. Like, I had a customer answer the phone uh, one day, and I was like, what the hell are you doing answering my phone? And uh, then she, you know, Anthony just yelled at me for answering the phone, and he, he said, well, did you answer it appropriately? And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. But Right. Like that's not the point. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but my manager after that he was cool as hell because you know fight broke out and uh, I I stopped it. It was over a ruling on a pool table, and uh, I uh, I eighty six everybody that was involved. Two of them were uh, long yeah. long time regular customers, and they came in saying I come in here spending this much money a week, and. Oh yeah. Uh, then my luckily my managers were like, uh, he came over to me and said, "You did everything right." Because you see that sign we have on the wall? It says, "If there's a ruling, uh, if it's disagreement on ruling on the poker table, pick a number between eighty-five and eighty-seven." And so I I did everything by the book, and he sided with me. He didn't care how much they brought in every week. Right. Oh, yeah. I normally, like, you know, things that happen there, like, we're very lucky. Like, the owner of our bar is, like, absolutely awesome, and he always has our back. And I was, that one just, that one caught me out of the blue. I was like, really? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's it's always great when you have a boss that actually backs you up. uh, Because Brad Brad was always good about... uh, backing up all of the bartenders and all their decisions because we were the managers when he wasn't there. And right. Exactly. Uh, I mean, even those customers that uh, came up to me and said, I know who you're, I, I know the owner or I know the manager. And I, <laughs> I look at them and go, well, then you know how much they hate name dropping. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that reminds me, I got, um, we did a secret stand at my bar and I got my boss, the owner of the bar for it. And I had custom shirts made. And one of them said, I know the owner too. Well, he was the owner. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Humboldt's finest hemp infused vodka is a uniquely botanical spirit infused with locally grown hemp. This homage to Humboldt County's most iconic cash crop drinks like a gin, but not. This spirit is refreshing and herbaceous with notes of pine, cucumber, green tea, lemongrass, and basil. You can get Humboldt's finest hemp-infused vodka on cwspirits.com slash heybartender. You use that link and you get an automatic 5% off your entire order. Go order today. Hey, bartender. Tell me about bartender meals. Uh, you gave me a brief synopsis okay. uh, on uh, when we talked uh, when we messaged earlier that you uh, were making meals, being a bartender. Uh, uh, tell me about that. Yeah, so I made this TikTok as a total joke back in January of 2021. I was bored, you know. We're getting too close to a year in the pandemic, and I was like, I've got nothing better to do. You know, I'm working two days a week because these reduced hours at the bars. Um, I'm bored. So I made this and it started off with me just cooking meals and also making drinks at the end of them. Mm. And then it evolved into a joke about how, oh, the bartender's meal, like, you know, we never get to eat because we're so busy. Like, oh, well, what does a bartender have for dinner? Shop. That's the bartender's meal. <laughs> so yeah. 
that's that's really where that name evolved into. And then I started to gain a little bit of traction on TikTok. There was a little cook-off going on where people, like the two girls that were running it back and forth were challenging, challenging each other to make a meal with only three ingredients. So I was like, I wonder how far I can get in this by doing this as drinks and not food, mm. you know? So my biggest challenge in that was I had to make a drink with mustard, sour cream, and noodles. And I actually managed to do it. Now, listen, it's crazy because I'll tell you about what it was. (laughs) So the sour cream, I turned into sweet cream, like the fruit dip, by adding vanilla and uh, brown sugar. And then I used Patron XO as one layer, the sweet cream. And then instead of making or using noodles, or making zoodles, um, I did it with apples and pears. I made fruitles and soaked them in tequila. Oh. And then for the mustard, the mustard I used, uh, mustard powder to make my own tahini, used it to rim it, basically made a like creamy coffee martini that was rimmed with the homemade tahini and then topped with like the chopped up fruit noodles that were soaked in tequila and some frozen raspberries. And it was actually really good. <laughs> it- Sounds so. It sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was in, so. It was very interesting, and I started to gain traction because they were like, everyone was like, "There's no way she's going to get the next round. There's no way she's going to get the next round. She's never going to get it." And I just kept making these crazy drinks, and that's where it started. And um, then I started like getting attention from like you know the companies and whatnot. And started building my collection and just really started to take off with my little skits and making these like really random drinks that no one would ever think to put things in. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, actually a friend of my, uh, no, it was, uh, it was, uh, uh, TGM. Uh, he, uh, Tyler, he said, he sent me a message. Uh, well, I put a question out there saying, saying, ask me anything on Instagram. And he asked me what I thought about uh, Bloody Marys with too much garnish on it. And my whole thought, well, it's basically a meal in itself. And I showed a picture of a uh, Bloody Mary that had like, uh, I don't know, uh, bacon wrapped jalapeno poppers and uh, lots of fruit, onions, uh, more bacon. Uh, uh, I think there were sliders on it and like chicken wings and you know, basically it's yeah. a meal in itself <laughs> but i it's a final round of that cook-off i put an entire rotisserie chicken on top of a bloody mary why do i feel like i saw that picture go by at one time uh, I, might... <laughs> I did on one of my videos recently to an audio that was like oh you're an artist are you good at it and then I did a bunch of pictures of the, the drinks, all the crazy drinks I made from that competition <laughs> was one of them. So you probably did see it. So how did that inspire you to do that? Because I never would have thought of that. <laughs> well, they gave me for that one. The ingredients were like dough, sweet potato and broth. So I made a sweet potato and veggie broth based bloody mix. And then the dough, I did like Parmesan cheese knots. And then I was like, well, I got to go all in on this, if, you know, so I was like, Let's make a rotisserie chicken. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredibly creative. That's awesome. I, I, uh, it was funny. I got, I got 
such an outburst of laughter and reactions on that. People were like, please tell me that's a Cornish hen. I was like, nope. <laughs> now, please tell me people tried to recreate your creations and then told you what they thought of it. I had a couple of friends actually in the industry in Cleveland that were like, oh my gosh, I just saw your video. I tried to do it. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, there were some of them that took hours because I was making meringue cookies, which you have to cook for three hours. I was using as a garnish. And they're like, yeah, I didn't have time for that. So I just skipped that part. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, people were like, how did you do this? It was like a lot of help from friends. There was a lot of brainstorming with all my regulars and friends. I had a lot of help on how, how am I going to use mustard in a drink? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the best I would have thought of mustard it would be maybe a, uh, no, I think that would be a pretty disgusting replacement for horseradish in a Bloody Mary. Uh, but <laughs> uh, You should ask Tyler about the Jaeger and mustard shot that we did. I will ask him about that. I, but him being a huge, huge, huge regular uh, Jaegermeister fan. Uh, they called the mustard girl for like three months after that. <laughs> say that again? They called me the mustard girl for like three months after that. It wasn't even my idea. <laughs> do you talk with Tyler every once in a while when uh, do you uh, talk to each other about making videos or anything like that? Because both of you are pretty uh, big on social media and making the videos, except he's taking a break right now, if I remember right. Uh, does Tyler bully me into making terrible drinks and decisions? Absolutely. <laughs> um <laughs> He just got me last month with the different at every bar shot because my bar is such a good setup for it. Mm. And it was terrible. And I'll give a brief explanation of what this is. Essentially, I have a bar that has like six shelves that are full of liquor. Mm. If you assign a number to every letter of the alphabet, A is one, B, two, C, three, you would take your initials and you would count the bottles down. And you would take those three bottles and combine them into a shot glass. And that is your different at every bar shot because not every bar is set up the same way. <laughs> um, I got Buffalo Trace, eight-year Jim Beam, and Añejo tequila. Two whiskeys and a tequila. Okay. <laughs> In one shot. And it was not good. <laughs> well, um... It had to have been along the lines of the three amigos. That was the Jim, Jack, and Jose all in one shot. Uh, yeah, this uh, this tequila is called Swole. It's uh, it's one of the CW Spirits exclusive ones. It's a, it's like a hundred dollar bottle, but it's very unique. It's not like any añejo I've ever had. It's got a very like banana Foster's taste to it, mm. very mapley, and it it just did not go well. <laughs> yeah. Um. I uh, speak, speaking of cwspirits.com, um, I haven't gotten the caviar yet. Uh, I don't know if I am going to get it, uh, uh, but I've been peddling it a little bit on my social media. Please tell me what uh, about that because I'm dying to know. So I just opened it today. Yeah, I, I saw your video. I opened the strawberry and the leche, and it is so good. So I was on the brand call with them. They were telling me about it. Essentially, it's like boba. If you ever had boba tea, um, it's like a tapioca like circle at the bottom. And when you bite into them, they kind of pop. Mm. And um, these are the same idea, but it's not, it's not fish. Everyone wants to keep thinking they're fish. These casings are made with 
seaweed extract that holds the flavored vodka inside of it. So when you bite into it, it pops and you get a burst of flavored vodka. And I opened the leaf shaped strawberry. It is incredible. Like it was like eating a daiquiri in a circle form. (laughs) It was super good. (laughs) I saw you take a couple spoonfuls before you stopped the video yet. (laughs) I stopped eating it. I was about to eat the whole thing. Like, I got to put these down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just found them uh, really interesting. I mean, uh, we're trying to figure out what kind of drinks you can make with that or what, what it would complement, you know. I, cause, I, I have some ideas coming up. Yeah. So. The strawberry one I thought would uh, go good at the bottom of a uh, glass of champagne, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I actually had a girl who is a chemist that custom made me three vodkas and sent them to me and one of them is a strawberry kiwi vodka and i'm gonna use this uh cocktail caviar with that vodka to make a cocktail yeah and i'm very i'm gonna go more of like a spritz style or maybe like a mojito like a strawberry kiwi mojito style um but i i feel like this is gonna be a really cool aspect for a garnish even though the garnish would be at the bottom because it would sink for cocktails that have like a mostly a clear look to them what Mm. would be more bland you get really cool effect with these just bobas floating in the street right things like uh what what the leche is that that milk flavor leche is a it's a japanese i believe it's a japanese fruit oh Um, Oh, Oh, yeah yeah i know what you're talking about now yeah yeah i think you're thinking about capico which is like a milk beverage that is like japanese at first i was thinking that but once you said it was a fruit i i knew exactly what you were talking about have hard shell and big seed in the middle. Yeah, I'm. I haven't received anything from CW Spirits yet, but you know, I'm. I'm happy to be working with them. <laughs> so. Yeah, I've had so much fun. Um, when they first reached out to me last May, I was. I had six bottles in my collection. Um, I, it's not even been a year. I just hit a hundred bottles on my shelves and just ordered another shelf. <laughs> so. <laughs> you know that. Uh, well, I'm not a I'm not a big drinker. You know, I was a bartender for years, but I uh, I'm. It's not that I think alcohol is bad for you or or anything like that. I'm bad at drinking. Uh, I'm ah. my mother's uh, my mother's Vietnamese, and so I've got that Asian gene where if I get alcohol in my system, I turn bright freaking red, and oh, so I tend to avoid it just for that reason because I don't want my friends to think, oh, he's going into anaphylaxis. We have to take him to the hospital. You know? Oh my god. <laughs> But uh, I, uh, I work in a service industry bar, so it's uh, it's one of those ones where you get off shift and one of your friendly local bartenders walk in and you go, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, here's, some, here's something that I, I'm, I'm kind of curious about, because you got 95% regulars. You probably know their families. You're probably almost like family with them. Now, there, yeah. there were times where I had met some of my regular customers' kids before they turned 21. But when they turned 21, they came in to see me. And yeah, uh, I would set them up every time, no matter who it was, with a breathless shot. And, uh, you know, it's in a martini glass. It's uh, Rumplemints, Kahlua, and Yukon Jack layered. Uh, and and you have to drink it from the uh, – you have to exhale all the way uh, and drink it from a straw from the bottom up and then try to take it uh uh try to take a take a breath most people couldn't but um 
I know no one sees my face right now, but if you could see my face, I've never heard of that. And I, that just hurts to listen to. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was my way of initiating kids into the bar world, you know, uh, and some of them, you know, all they did was go, it's good. But, uh, um, do you, have you done anything like that to, uh, for your customers? Um, so I have uh, one regular at my bar who actually his grandson is old enough to drink in our bar. Mm. And he actually was just in like a week ago. I very rarely see him, but he pops in once in a while. And, um, my initiation for people that are like freshly 21 is either I'm giving them, um, just like not a full glass because that's just absolutely rude and they'll never come back, but I will give them absinthe. Really? And if it's not absinthe, if I don't have it, it's Frenette. Oh, see. I will do Frenette. That's, uh, that's our, that's the bartender handshake, you know, in Ohio at least. Um, so yeah, a shot of Frenette is initiation for us usually if I don't have absinthe. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I've never worked in a bar that had absinthe or Frenette, uh, truthfully. Uh, so I kind of had to come up with my own thing, but, uh, yeah. one of your videos, uh, popped up, th- uh, that I saw, um, I remember talking to some, uh, some guys in Chicago and when I t- brought up the whole thing about the, uh, drink special, all they wanted to talk about was Malort. Now yep. they, they described that as it's not good, but it's a rite of passage. The only reason Malort is still in business is for the first reaction. <laughs> first reaction. Now, as you know, I just hit a milestone on TikTok. I hit 10,000 followers. Congratulations. And my promise, you know, my promise to them, unfortunately, was that I would try Malort for the first time. <laughs> now, I live in Ohio. It's illegal to, it's illegal to bring into the state for sale. Um, I do. I did manage to finagle my way into getting a bottle. It's not illegal to own; it's just illegal to sell in Ohio. Um, I did manage to get my hands on a bottle, and at about five o'clock in the morning on Saturday, on live with about two hundred and thirty people, I opened that bottle of Malort. <laughs> I took a, I took a big swig out of it. It was the first time I'd ever had it. <laughs> what was that like um, for you? So I feel like everyone's like has a different way of describing it. Uh, I've heard dirty laundry that's been in your car for a hot summer of three months. I've heard chewing on toenails. I've heard uh, it tastes like old musty rubber bands at the bottom of your junk drawer. And they're all right. But I think the general idea is that it's musky and it's pungent. Yeah. So, so... It is very bitter. It's very musky. It's very pungent. Because um, I was like, I'm not really that scared i drink frenette for fun so <laughs> and i know they taste nothing alike but everyone always says like oh frenette and malort they're the worst things ever and i was like i like frenette i don't know maybe i'll like malort i do not like malort so. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm not expecting a, a sponsorship for malort now but uh, <laughs> but uh i um i will say i i am i do have plans for the bottle um not for me but for everyone else uh, if people want to come over and partake in festivities of the bottles on my bar, they can either throw some money to reimburse the bar into the tip jar, or they can do a shot of Malort. It's their choice. Oh, okay. Now, this, <laughs> you're, hopefully you have more moments where they go, no, thanks. Here's 20 bucks. <laughs> right. 
I mean, I'm happy with either way. (laughs) So So more about your social media experience. Now, uh, what, what all, uh, what all have you done uh, that has been successful or has gotten a lot of attention? I mean, because 10,000 followers, that's a huge deal to me, at least. (laughs) It it was. I've I've been kind of on cloud nine ever since I hit it. Mm. Um, I realized that I've divided my content pretty much into three groups. Um, The first one being skits, which is just taking mostly viral sounds, somehow fitting them into my niche of bartending, whether they're funny, serious, like reenacting uh, scenarios in my bar. That's about a third of my content. Mm. And then another third of my content is making actual cocktails and shots and doing series of um, with with just different um, themes. Like I did the 12 days of boozeness yeah. and I took all, I wrote down all the bottles I had and I shook them up and I made a cocktail with a random paper that I pulled out. Whatever bottle that was, I made a cocktail with it on the spot. Mm. And then the other third i would say is just like brand endorsement like brands that have reached out to me or like we really want you to review this we want you to try it we want your honest opinion and that's a big thing for me is that if i don't like it i'm going to tell you i don't like it right um and i think that's like between the three of them i have three different three very different areas of followers and you know i get the people that are like hey we appreciate your honesty that thank you for letting us know I get the people like, haha, that's so relatable. We're bartenders too. That was a funny skit. And then I get the other people that are like, wow, that's an incredible looking cocktail. I would love to recreate that. Thanks for showing us how to do it. So it just really depends. Like there's, there's, there's diversity in my followers, um, but it's mostly broken up into those three groups. Yeah. And you're doing, uh, doing an amazing job with it. And uh, if I could break out of my shell a little bit. I'd probably do more stuff like that. But for right now, my social media just advertises the podcast. I mean, uh, honestly, I've gone back and looked at my videos from when I very first started doing this. I, my channel has changed and evolved so many different times. It is nothing like when I started, it's nothing like three months ago. It's nothing like six months ago. Like it has, it keeps changing. And just finally, I think like it'll eventually settle into what it is supposed to be. And I just keep getting more and more comfortable once I figure out like, okay, I want to go in this direction. This seems to be working. Mm. So it's just, I've, I'm so much more comfortable actually making these videos than I was a year ago. A year ago, I was terrified someone at my bar was going to see them. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's a fear that's uh, finally starting to come up. People posting videos that I just got fired from my job because of a TikTok video. And right. uh, uh, that's, that's a big fear nowadays. So <laughs> Yeah. Definitely. But uh, as long as you keep it respectable and you, uh, and you, uh, uh, you know, you don't do anything that would potentially, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to put anybody down that's on TikTok that, you know, you do what you do, but. I mean, it's happened to me. I, I had a meeting with my, my current boss where he was like, Hey, uh, someone called, like they saw my TikTok decided to be a Karen, went looking for me on Facebook, found it, went to my job, saw who owned my bar and messaged my boss. Really? And said, your bartender is drinking at your bar. And I I wasn't, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) And he was just like, you know, like, let's just keep our businesses separate. I was like, that's totally fine. He's like, you can film here. That's totally fine. Like, you know, 
whether on the clock, off the clock, though, like just, you know, just not in the bar. I was like, that's totally fine. I totally get it. He's like, I don't want to cause a problem. And, you know, there'd be a miscommunication because I know you're not doing it. But, you know, all it takes is one call to the liquor board and then they come in and investigate and nothing's wrong. But who wants that headache? Right. I've dealt with the liquor commission so, before in Oregon. That That's not fun. <laughs> yeah, it's just like. He's like, I know you're not doing anything wrong and they're just being a jerk on the internet, but like, you know, I don't want to keep getting a flood of messages from people that think that they're, you know, they're doing work of the state yeah. for fun. Yeah. Well, this so whole... I have gotten, I have gotten to that point with my TikTok where it's just like, all right, gotta, gotta not be at the bar doing it. Mm. So, well, this whole thing about the proverbial Karen that's uh, become so popular in the last few years, it's become so. Yeah. In, incredibly, it's almost like I want to start a revolution. If a Karen jumps up, turn off your cell phone, beat the crap out of him, you know, or Karen, or what's what's the male equivalent, Chad, or I think Kevin. Kevin. Oh well, Dane Cook. Dane Cook once. Uh, I think he he was the first time I ever heard about a Karen, and I think uh, Brian. Uh, Brian was the male equivalent. Where the fucking Brian's coming, you know, but. <laughs> But, uh, you know, the, that whole revolution of the person that's going to flip the fuck out on you and yeah. try to ruin your life, uh, you know, you know, it's time to shut off the cameras and beat the snot out of them. But, you know, I'm not encouraging anybody to do that. No. Um, <laughs> but sometimes it's fun to think about. Believe me, I've had some horror stories at my bar where I've been like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, uh, well, I, you know, my one of the worst it wasn't actually even that bad one. This kid uh, decided that he wanted to pick a fight. He came into my bar that night thinking I'm going to get in a fight tonight. And he tried to pick a fight with me and he, uh, he basically slapped me across the face and started, you know, go what, 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 you know, getting right in my face. But luckily for me, my, one of my biggest uh, things that I always did whenever I worked in a bar was make friends with the Harley riders, because once you make friends with them, You've got uh, loyalty and a friend for life. And I'm pretty sure that all I had to do at that point in time was turn around and go, Pat, kill. And it would have happened. <laughs> uh, I have a that. Um, yeah. You know, being an empty bar, um, the bouncers drink at my bar. Yeah. <laughs> so. And, bounce, <laughs> and a lot of bouncers of my- always think they're on duty. <laughs> There's one of them that I went to Vegas with and my dad wasn't even worried about me going to Vegas because he knew the guy that I was going with was, you know, someone that you would rather be in his corner than walking on the wrong side of the street. So I had had, um, a group of them up there one day. It was actually uh, last summer, I think, or the summer before that. And we were right outside of a bus stop. And this guy came in and he's like trying to kind of hustle people for money. I was like, all right, you can't do that. One person was like, no, no, I'll buy him a beer. He said he just got out of jail. He just got off the bus. I'll buy, I'll buy him a beer. I was like, oh, this is definitely going to go well. Mm. Um, so he starts bothering this girl and she comes up to me and she's like, hey, I, you know, I'm being nice. He's just like kind of following me around. I was like, all right, that's fine. I got a group of the what we call the family section. They're out at the big table in the back. Just go sit with them. They know when a random person sits down with them, like you just act like you know them, you know? So she's like, okay, thank you. So she goes and sits down. The guy starts to follow them. And I go up and I'm like, Hey man, like, you know, she's just trying to hang out with her friends. Just leave her alone. And he's like, all right. Yeah. 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 And he's like walking out and I'm going out to check on tables. 
and he's he's walking out. I was like, yo, I told you, like, you know, leave her alone. She's hanging out with her friends. Leave her be. And he's like, he lights a cigarette and he's smoking. He's like, I hear you. I hear you. He walks up behind her and he's kind of like nudging on her shoulder and she's ignoring him. And I walk up to him. I said, hey, I said, leave her alone. And he turns around and he takes a hit of his cigarette. And he goes, I fucking heard you. And he flicked that lit cigarette in my face. Oh, bad news. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he, he's sitting at a table with collectively about a hundred years in prison. So, <laughs> and about eight of them stand up and, um, and I just immediately like, I'm, you know, I'm two thirds Irish. I'm like, I'm immediately like, I see that. Oh, so, yeah. like, and I also, I have a second degree black belt in Taekwondo. I'm a martial arts instructor. So oh, yeah. I like, I grew up in the country. Like I, my dad raised me as a son. Like I, I don't take anything. So, mm. and I, I just see red and all these guys stand up. I was like, Nope, I got it. And I ended up strong arming this guy out of the bar. He tries to break our foosball table on the way out <laughs> and just like, just kicked him out of the bar. And they're, they're all following me, which is why he probably didn't try and fight me back. But like my boss is sitting inside and he just sees me like have this dude with his arms twisted behind his back, just shoving him out the front door. He never even asked me a question. He never even said what happened. He just like, <laughs> I Leah's mad. I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Irish blood and your uh, black, uh, black belt in Taekwondo. That's a dangerous combination. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I did uh, 12 years and then I instructed for six. Wow. that Yeah, you were com- more yeah. committed than it because I only got to first degree brown in Kajakimbo. And you were, mm-hmm. you were a lot more uh, dedicated than I was. <laughs> I loved it. It was fun. <laughs> it, it was fun, honestly. Uh, but uh, for other reasons why I decided to take a break from it. And I, and I do mean a break. Yeah. I'll, I'll go back eventually. But <laughs> I was just talking about going back. Um, when I first moved to Cleveland, I was teaching self-defense classes to women in the industry for free once a month. Mm. Oh, so let's let's talk quickly about that because uh, I've kept you over, over the time, I promised. Uh, but... Oh, you're fine. Let's talk about uh, uh, self-defense uh, safety in the bar. Now, uh, we, we've, I already told you my idiotic story about if they walk behind the bar, you can technically, technically kill them. But, but right. I don't encourage people to do that. But uh, being safe, especially, well, once you get all the customers out the door, you know, the bathrooms are clear, the, uh, every, uh, and everything's sorted out, you've got, uh, you've done your till, all that stuff. Walking out to your car, uh, if you're by yourself. And now, most of the mm-hmm. time, most of the time, just because I was there already, I would walk uh, my my friends out to their cars uh, at the end of shift. But yeah. what are your uh, suggestions for people that are there dead of night and closing the bar around three three a.m. I actually have a couple of things I do. Obviously, I keep pepper spray on me, which, you know, a lot of times isn't efficient because girls don't want to clip it on their bag in case it goes off. So it's usually lost at the bottom. Um, Get a knife, learn how to use a knife. Absolutely. Get a knife, learn how to use it. Make sure it's at a reachable place before you walk out that door because you never know. Um, And one of my favorite tools that I have is actually a screeching alarm. Um, It looks kind of like a glade air freshener 
and it clips on the side of my bag and it has a, a very high decibel that is it is purposely at a level that you can it, the sound goes through windows so it is made to wake people up mm. um so and all i have to do because that one is clipped on the side of my bag i just have to pull on it and i have set it off before an accident i actually set it off at a metal show on accident and you could hear it over the metal show so <laughs> james Setfield yeah. on stage going what the hell is that noise <laughs> i my boss bought, bought a round of them for all the bartenders and then we have a bunch of like i said industry people there so they're really cheap they're like 12 dollars for six of them and i bought a couple packs of them and i started handing them out to the girls at the bar because all of them are bartenders mm. and i absolutely love it i think it's one of the most effective things because a sound like that is going to startle them and then they're going to realize that other people are going to hear it and start going to their windows being like, what the fuck is that noise? And they take off. Now, is it a really uh, irritating noise? I mean, to the point where even you don't, uh, you debate, do I really want to pull this? <laughs> I'll pull it. I mean, it is like, it is very, very loud and it's very high pitch and it's not fun, but um, I have set it off a couple of times and I, I mean, it scares me when I set it off. So, <laughs> But it's efficient, you know. No one wants, to, you know, people are trying to attack you. Don't want other people looking at what's going on. Right. Um. So I think it's a very effective tool. I highly encourage people to look into it. I think it's more effective than having something like not that pepper spray isn't effective, but you know, you you start having people looking through windows and coming out of their their houses like where what is that noise where is it coming from because mm-hmm. you know you, a car alarm goes off and you're like oh that's annoying but after for a while you look out your window and you're like where is that car where is the owner but some, a noise like that that you don't know that's just blaring through your walls you're going to get out of bed and be like what is that mm. so you'd prefer that so, rather than uh getting into uh uh getting into stance and try to take them on or um here's the thing and this is the honest truth is that, yeah, I have a second degree black belt, but you know what? I cannot run a speeding bullet. That's very true. Yeah. So there's a time and a place. I will tell you that I'm not going to go out of my way to fight someone because I have the training. I'm going to do everything I can to get those people to leave immediately so I can call the cops because yeah, I do have that training, but if like three guys are waiting outside with for me with knives and guns, I'm not going to win that fight. Right. Uh, it's kind of the way so I getting them to scatter is I think personally I think getting them to scatter is your best move. It's kind of the way uh same way I kind of feel about uh Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh I never really got into it because I if I were to get in a, into a situation, I don't want to try to wrap my legs and arms around this person. I want to get my licks in and run like hell. And yeah, because you never like, oh, do they have a knife on them? Like, you can get wrapped around them, but if they can get that knife, you know, they can get that gun. You never know. You don't know what they have on you, and I'm not trying to find out. Mm. But that's just in uh, in a personal setting in real life. I mean, most of the time, I felt like I was training for tournaments only. I wasn't training training for self defense uh, when I was taking right. classes. So you know, okay, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, good, great for tournaments, but. I couldn't see myself using that in real life, but now my, my training that I did for the girls in the industry once a month, I did it for free for them. And all of that training wasn't about like, yes, it was about how to throw a punch without hurting yourself. But most of it was about you were being 
detained in this situation in this certain way, and this is how you get out of it. Mm. Like the... um, it's not about like, beating the shit out of someone. It is about getting away from them, in you know, and getting out of like zip ties and different holds, and you know how like where do you want to aim for in these positions, and how to get them stunned enough that you can get somewhere safe. Like, for example, somebody wraps their arms around you, you grab their thumb or uh, or maybe even my worst nightmare. Somebody wraps their arms around you. You take a step outward and then uh, pinch their inner thigh. Yeah. And even if like one of my favorite ones is that like, oh, they're grabbing you. Their legs are spread. If you can get backed up just enough to get your knees with theirs and you just shove your knees as hard as you can to the side and your elbows up as hard as you can. It's going to break their arms up over and it's going to throw them off and send them backwards. And that's your chance to run. Yeah. So, um, so it's all about getting them on the, on the ground and getting away. Okay. Uh, this is an amazing part that uh, I this favorite part of this podcast right now is that uh, you're gently describing self-defense to my listeners because this is really important. And uh, because we deal with, we have money, we have alcohol, two things that everybody wants. And uh, right. plus, you're work, uh, you work late at night, you walk out uh, at the dead of night. When vulnerable. You're, you're extremely vulnerable. Um, and so, yeah, that's some very important safety tips. And so, would you suggest to anybody that works in the bar, man, woman, old, young, all uh, or nondescript uh, people, take a self-defense course of some kind? Oh, 100%. And a lot of them, like, you know, like I said, I do it once, once for free for women. And if men want to join too, that's fine. But they're less likely to be attacked, in my opinion. Mm. Um, but there's always, in, in most big cities, you're going to find, like, oh, we're doing a special, like, free self-defense class. You know, they, they run them once in a while. And I, just go do it. It's an hour of your time, and it could save your life. Well, that's some great advice. Uh, thank you so much for going into that a little bit. Uh, Absolutely. So uh, we're coming up on last call. Is there anything else that you want to uh, promote a little bit before uh, we call it quits? Hmm. Anything I want to promote? Um, I guess, honestly, if you guys are interested, you know, I know you're going to give my details for my social media on there. Um, I do work for a nonprofit. It's called the Dear Jack Foundation. It's for adolescents and young adults who have cancer. Um, I travel all over the country raising money and also swapping people for the bone marrow registry at DKMF. They'll send you a kit for it. And, uh, we do a big benefit every year for it. And it goes to helping adolescents, young adults who are cancer, whether they're terminal, they're in remission and need rehabilitation afterwards, pays for their travel stay and treatment. It is an incredible foundation ran by an incredible musician called Andrew McMahon, who was also uh, the singer and pianist for Something Corporate and Jack Mannequin. Been doing work for him for about 12 years. Uh, there's a link to it in my TikTok on my link tree if you guys want to check it out. Uh, there's all sorts of information on there for you. Um, that is one of my favorite foundations, and I have worked for them for a very long time, and is an honest and true good, good foundation. So why don't you tell people about your social media, uh, how to get a hold of you? So I am on TikTok and so I'm on TikTok as bartender meals. So it's one word, bartender, and then meals as an M-E-A-L-S. And then you can also find me on Instagram at bartender meals official, all one word. 
Um, and then YouTube is slow running, but it is there and it will be picking itself up here shortly. I'm going to be paying more attention to that, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. Okay. Uh, well, thank you so much, Leah, for being on Hey Bartender Podcast. It was great meeting you. Anthony, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right, people. It is last call, last call for alcohol. Come on up to the bar, get your drink, and get out of here so I can get home and watch a couple reruns of Night Court. Uh, big thanks to Le- Leah. Um, you know, I about, was about to make that mistake again. You, uh, there was a couple times I had to edit the hell out of this because I kept calling her Leah. I mean, maybe it's the whole Star Wars thing in my head or something like that. But big thanks to Leah for being on, being on the show. You were a blast. Uh, go check out her stuff on TikTok and uh, Instagram. She's uh, really clever. She uh, makes a lot of really groovy drinks and has a lot of really cool bartending stories to go along with it. I'm really happy that I was able to get her on the show. If you want to be a part of Hey Bartender Podcast, all you have to do is just contact me. You can either contact me uh, on any of the social medias, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, TikTok, all of them are at Hey Bartender Podcast. You can follow me there, and then you can send me messages. That's totally cool with me. Or you can use email if you want to do that instead. You can email me at dude at Hey Bartender Podcast. Also, remember, since I am a member of Anchor.fm, you can get onto Anchor.fm and send me a voice message if you like. And let me know what you think of the show. Uh, let me know what you thought of the topics that we talked about. Or if you want to be a guest, you can leave me a message there, too. I'd love to be able to use uh, some of the voice messages for my show. If you have any questions for me, the dude, uh, just uh, leave a uh, leave a voice message on anchor.fm. Look for Hey Bartender Podcast. There's a button there that says message, and you can leave a voice message for me that I can use as sound bites for later episodes. That would be really cool. I, I really want to do that. Usual barroom uh, questions and uh Statements apply. I really don't know anything about politics or religion, and I don't really want to talk about it because that's like the um, all you bartenders and servers out there, uh, you all know, uh, that's two things you don't talk about in a bar because it causes too many fights, too many different opinions. And truthfully, being truth being told to you guys, I'm not informed enough in order to be able to answer questions about politics and religion. Also at Anchor FM, you can help support Hey Bartender Podcast. Uh, if you guys want me to keep trying to get these groovy guests, keep this show going as long as I possibly can, I could use your help. There is a support button, and you can choose to donate any amount that you feel necessary to Hey Bartender Podcast. Anything would help me out to help me grow this uh, podcast, to help me do more cool and interesting things for you guys. Because I love doing this, and it's a lot of fun, but I could use a little bit of help from time to time. But, you know, couldn't we all? Think of it as leaving a tip for your favorite audio bartender. But that's it for Hey Bartender Podcast. Remember to share, like, subscribe. Uh, give me a rating on iTunes, Spotify. Uh, leave, a, uh, leave a review. Anything that you guys can do to, can, would really help me out. And uh, new episodes every Saturday, usually around 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, and remember, tell your friends you, uh, you know about Hey Bartender Podcast. 
Uh, and if you know somebody that would be a really cool bartender for me to talk to, let them know about Hey Bartender Podcast. I'd love them to have them as a guest. So until next time, ladies and gentlemen, as usual, I wish you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness. And remember, don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's let's go? I just got here.